Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 46, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today, John and I are talking about our trip to ATA and our favorite pieces of new gear displayed at the show, so stay tuned. Alright, Whitetail friends, what is up? You're listening to another episode of the Truths from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I believe this is episode number 46. Today, we're uh, John and I are giving you a little bonus. A little bonus podcast, John. We're, we're feeling generous today, right? That's right, that's right. Just breaking off a little something extra. A little something extra for the, for the friends. A little bonus podcast coming to you, a recap of the ATH show. But before we jump into that, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsors. We are brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear, the longest lasting, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment you ever use. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth. And of course, you guys can head over to to wickedtreegear.com and use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and get a 20% discount on your Wicked Tree Gear purchases. Uh, We're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. You guys have heard me talk about these guys. Life's a passion. Pursue it. They have kick-ass cameras, and you can uh, also now get a cheaper price point camera coming in at $150, the new Exodus Trek. You can pre-order those now at exodusoutdoorgear.com, and you can use the promo code TRUTH to save yourself $20 on any Exodus purchase on their site. We're also brought to you by Tecamani Seed. Everything's bigger in Texas. Can I get a hell yeah, Johnny? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No matter if you're from the South, Midwest, the North, the East Coast, it doesn't matter where you're from, Tecamani has your food plot needs covered. Visit them at tecamani.com and check out their product selector tool to help pick the right seed for you. Use promo code TRUTH at checkout and save 20%. And last but not least, Glacier Coolers, and we're definitely going to talk about this during our ATA wrap-up. Simply put, the world's finest, whether you're hunting, camping, fishing, 
You'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. Promo code TRUTH. Save yourself some cash. So as I said in the upfront here, Johnny and I are going to be talking about the ATA show. We spent a couple days grinding through uh, grinding through Indianapolis with some... I think we had some pretty good weather, wouldn't you say, John? It was nice and uh, nice and balmy, sunny. There was no there was no ice or snow to be found. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First uh, first day was that way, and then uh, then it got nasty. Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't. You know, for me, it, the weather was bad. You know, let's, let's put it that way. I, I think there was some definite fear on my part of whether or not I was actually going to get out of there on time and be able to make it back to the uh, eastern part of PA. But we we made it home safe and sound. But you know, I'm interested, man, because you know I have a perspective as a first timer. So I was super stoked to go. I was at the Wicked booth, there, the Tecamani booth with Wicked Tree Gear, Tecamani Seed, and Glacier Coolers, um, and spent a lot of my time there. But got a chance to kind of walk around the the show and just kind of take in the sights, the sounds, the different products that were out and stuff like that. And you know, I thought, you know, I'll give my perspective, I guess, as a first time person who's going or who had been there for anyone because i got a lot of questions you know whenever you go to ata like a lot of folks would like to go and they're always kind of curious what kind of goes on there um i will say for anyone who hasn't gone like it is badass if you're a hardcore archery hunter diehard bow hunter it's definitely something you should take in at least once um you know whether you're interested in the products or not i think is kind of beside the point as a as a consumer necessarily but it is super cool just to kind of see everyone bring out their new stuff you know that for you know in that particular space and for that period of time you see all the new stuff that's hitting hitting the market you get to try it out you can walk up and talk to whether it's you know sales reps or marketing guys or whatever it is and kind of get the get the dirt on the on the behind the scenes stuff that you don't get at the store like a lot of the specs and how they developed it and the real backstory of these products which is really cool but for me, you know, especially hanging out with you, John, like the thing that I really was able to kind of take in that I thought was super cool was just like we see in here on social media all the time. Like there's this, you know, the, this divide of hunters and and this, that, the other. And, you know, social media can kind of be a, a nasty place sometimes. And when you go to one of these shows, man, like I did not hear one person say one thing that was negative to another hunter the entire time that I was there. And we're talking about guys who hunt everything from like whitetail hunters, you know, like me who traditionally hunt whitetail or get, get a chance to go west, you know, like like you and I, John, or like your buddy Steve, who, you know, completed the Ram Slam, you know, that it does that style of hunting a lot. Like there was no disparaging comments between hunting styles that game people were hunting. Um, there was nothing but just like hunter love for for three days, man. Like that was my big takeaway. I don't know, you know, how you felt about the the, the three or four days there. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, like, a couple years ago, um, the ATA show was getting really bad, um, and, and, and when I say this, like, let me complete, you know, my thought, you know, before anybody passes judgment on it, um, the show was getting to where it was bombarded, like, anybody could go. Now, it's not supposed to be open to the public, per se, but it was really easy to get a ticket, um, you know... If you were the buddy's cousin, next-door neighbor, uh, once removed from an archery shop owner, you could get a ticket and you could go. So what happened was, you know, it's a manufacturer show. And like you said, manufacturers are are bringing their products for display. They're all their, their new stuff. Um, you know, the 2K18 stuff, you know, is on display. And, and everybody's um, trying to meet with the dealers and other manufacturers and marketing partners and things like that as to what new products they've got going forward and it's a big unveil 
what was happening was is you were getting a lot of guys that were coming, guys and girls, and passing out their media kits and stuff, wanting to get promoted and wanting to get pro staff. And I think that's that's a very hot topic. You know, there's a, everybody's pro staff this, pro staff that. You know, what's what's the truth and what's not real. And so the ATA show started really restricting the tickets, and um, they've done an excellent job. I mean, the numbers have been down um, as far as attendees, but what it what it did was they started policing who was able to go and so it is a harder show to get into um but you know for example you know we spent we spent $25,000 between our booth and hotels and food and travel just to get there to be there at the show i mean it's a lot of money and you know we're there to conduct business i mean it's the the future of our company depends on meeting these dealers and making those connections to making sure that you know, our products can sell in the stores and then they can make money off of it and, and hunters can benefit, you know, from our stuff. Um, so that was the biggest thing that I noticed right off the bat of the show was that there was a lot more dealers and, and there wasn't, um, and, and let's, I mean, let's be honest, the hunters are the people who are buying our stuff. Right. And, and I want our hunt, uh, I want hunters to see any product that's out there that they possibly can. Um, and I love talking to them. The media kits, um, it's necessary. You know, we want to work with other uh, hunting shows and and uh, web shows and uh, podcasts and media buys and stuff like that. I mean, that's all a part of marketing, and that's what we're there to do, and we want to do that. Um, but there's a time and a place for it. You know what I mean? You know, right. shoot me an email with the media kit, and I can review it, not while... You know, we just shelled out twenty five grand um, to try to sell some products and stuff like that. So they've done a great job with that, and I talked to a lot of the other manufacturers, and they they've been very pleased um, that that's that three day you know window that you can really reach your dealers, and then the rest of the year is when you know you've got to dedicate to your uh, the consumer, so to speak. But right. you're spot on as far as the the hunting community. Um, you know, on social media. You know, there's a lot of backlash, you know, oh, well, that guy took a stage photo and that guy's not a really good hunter and stuff. But when you're at that show, it seems like everybody kind of takes their ego down a notch and everybody kind of, um, they almost, you can see it on everybody's face. They know that everybody that's underneath that roof likes to hunt with archery equipment. And it's like a common ground community and everybody respects each other, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I 100% agree, man. Because it was, I mean, you know, like you said, it's everybody is there and like and all the all the notable names that you would think about that you would consider like, you know, big names in the archery industry are, are there. And, you know, whether it's the, the, the Waddells of the world or, um, you know, the Kip Campbells or, or, or whomever. And any of those guys that you run into while you're there, man, they're they're actually pretty good. They're good salt of the earth kind of guys. You know what I mean? Like that was my, yeah. my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway. Um, you know, and that was, that was nice to see, you know, is that just how tight knit that community is and how easy it is for you to just kind of make a new, make a new friend. You know, I know just like work in the booth and some of the guys that I was able to meet at the booth or, you know, some of the guys you introduced me to, you know, it was like immediately, um, you know, when I got home, it's like, I got messages from them on social media, like, Hey man, great to meet you. And it wasn't like, I met him and hung out with him for an evening and that was it. And it just like, it was like, now it's like Mm -hmm. you're part of the tribe, you know, you're part of that, (laughs) the the crew or whatever, which was, you know, which was really cool because you those those kind of closed off events sometimes have a a tendency to kind of, you know, 
you know, turn into high school and other industries, you know what I mean? Where it becomes sure. super clicky and stuff like that. And that just wasn't the sense I got, um, during this show, which was, uh, which was refreshing and, you know, and, and, and a nice thing to see. The other cool thing was, um, you know, we'll get into talking about products, but was the Badlands Film Festival, man. Like that was, that was just mm-hmm. really cool to go, to go see that, all those shorts and, and features that, um, were in that competition. Um, that yeah. was just a good time to be able to kind of view, view that and, and see everyone's hard work during the course of the year kind of come to fruition. And, you know, they gave out some, some great prizes. And I thought it was nice, man, that, you know, the guys and girls who won that feature won, like, you know, the story that won was, a you know, I'll just kind of give a synopsis was about a, a guy who was taking his mom on, uh, I think it was a sheep hunt, if I'm not mistaken. Was it a sheep hunt? I don't remember. No. Uh, she was, she was, um, she drew a very coveted tag in Colorado. She was going after a nanny. A nanny. That's right. Goat. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, she had been diagnosed with, with cancer and, and, um, mm-hmm. her goal was to always, you know, kill one of these, um, goats and, and they went through this whole story and it finally happened and came to fruition. And it was just, it was an awesome story. Like the whole, you know, that her son took like the next however many years and just didn't hunt during those years just to take his mom on, on, on these hunts or whatever. And, um, which was really, really nice. And the guys who won second place actually donated when they won, you know, and it's not like they're not winning anything. It was like a thousand dollars or something like that. They donated that to the, to this person toward, you know, cancer research. And then whenever he won, you know, his mom who has cancer, he won it and he donated not only the money that the, the second place winner won, but also the money that he won toward cancer research as well. So it was just, it was a nice ending to a night, you know, of, of just, you know, of, of spending time of brotherhood together and stuff like that. And it was just a nice way to kind of, you know, cap all that off. I don't know if you have anything to add about the films because I know you have a, bet- a much better film eye than I do. Mine's a, a novice one. Uh, well, um, you know, you're, you're spot on. So the film festival, um, it did exactly what it's supposed to do. I mean, it's supposed to in, inspire and showcase people's talents and it's kind of a nice come together deal and uh i love i love the badlands film fest and um i'll be honest man like you know days before the film festival you know i was kind of at that point where i really enjoy the short films but um you know it's like gosh it takes so much work and so much effort to to get you know to get your footage the way you want it and to shoot the, the the scenes that you need to shoot and to make sure that the story comes together. Um, I was starting to lose a little bit of that drive mm-hmm. um, for that. And um, after the very first film uh, where the, the girl comes to full draw and she's oh. five foot from the, from that bull, that, was awesome. uh, that elk <laughs> at that moment right there, it was like a, the, the switch, you know, lit a fire under my ass again. And I'm like, Nope, remotivated, you know, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to capture the stories and, and to film, you know, start working on my next film project. So, um, yeah, it did exactly what it's supposed to do. It's so, so cool. Uh, you know, like those scenes in uh, movies, I don't know why I've never been to a movie where this has happened, but they're in, in, in movies where they're, it's a scene in a movie and it's like a horror movie. And, you know, the bad guy comes out with a knife and the, the victim doesn't see him yet. And everybody's right. like, turn around, turn <laughs> yeah. around, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I like about the Badlands Film Festival is every time the moment of truth happened or when the arrow hit its mark or something, um, 
then that's when the crowd goes crazy and everybody's like, yeah. Right. So it's just a cool environment, man, to be in. Everybody appreciates everybody's work. And there were some great pieces. Some people did some, they did some killer, killer work, got some great, great videography. And there were some really good stories, obviously, like, like you mentioned, um, the gentleman whose mother, you know, had been diagnosed with cancer and that story. I mean, how do you beat that? You yeah. know, every single person on this planet has a mom. So, um, you know, when that piece, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, is it, is it okay to cry in front of everybody? You know, know. cause I'm about ready to, <laughs> I, know, I know it's like, Hey, it's time to go to go to the bar. I need a drink. Yeah. I'm like, Oh <clears throat> yeah. I think I need to go to the restroom. <clears throat> I got yeah. something in my throat. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but, uh, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was super cool. Yeah. Yep. And, then, and then of course, Matt Singer's piece was, was baller. You know, he didn't win of course, but yep. like his, his message was, was killer. Um, was, was spot on. It was just, you know, he was talking about, you know, the hunting community coming together and, you know, and, and, um, you know, uh, creating one voice. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase or shorten it, but creating one voice for the those who oppose the the, the sport and our lifestyle and stuff like that. So it was super powerful, as as Jason's stuff always is, and you can of course see it on social media. He put it out, I think, yesterday or something like that. I uh-huh. saw it on social media, but I don't know if you have anything to add there. But I thought that was a super powerful piece. I mean, let's face it, Matt Zinger's the man. You know, like yeah, um, it's um, it. You know, he's one of those guys in the industry that that I had the opportunity to meet and him and I became friends and we've had a chance to hang out and, and, um, you know, g- get to know over the years. And, you know, it's neat meeting a guy that you look up to, uh, you appreciate his work, his talents and his strength. And then you meet him and then come to find out that his biggest talent is his passion for conservation and, you know, the hunting community. Mm-hmm. So, that was super cool. And I mean, and, and he turned out to be a pretty decent dude too, you know, right. jokingly I say that, I mean, he's, he's a great dude, but, um, so that's super cool. Anything he does, um, is always awesome. And then the more that you pay attention to Jason, then when you do get to watch his short films and hear his stories, you know how much it comes from the heart, um, which just adds to the meaning and, and tells the story even better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously a hell of a hunter, right. And, you know, and, and, and a, a magnificent storyteller. And then if you couple that with just being a rad dude, it's like, you know, it's the triple threat, you know what I mean? It's, it's a good guy to yeah. have representing all of us on a, on a larger scale. So that's, you know, not a, not a bad thing to have. Um, I exactly. think one of my other favorite parts, man, was first, well, I think I had like three favorite parts of the entire week. Um, one was the Canadian party. That was good. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Canadian party was was interesting. Um, you know, there were there security might have been called to the to the to the presidential suite. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll yeah, leave, we'll leave that as an open ended question <laughs> unanswered. Right. Um, yeah, that was that was a good time. And then the Robin Hood guy that I met, like the like that guy was. I don't know. He scared me a little bit, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was, I was a little frightened. I was at the booth, and I, you went somewhere. And the rest of the crew went somewhere. I was think I was there just. It was one of the few times I think I was there by myself. And this dude comes up. Uh-huh. And he's like thinks he's Robin Hood, and he's telling me that he sees this thing and he wants to have a treehouse. And like I don't even know what he's saying at that point because I'm I'm having an inner dialogue in my own head where I'm like talking myself to this. Is like is this happening? Is this really happening? What are yeah. the words he's saying? Are they English? You know, he it's snuck like snuck in somehow into the show. <laughs> <laughs> like. It, it was funny because, like, after that, I saw him everywhere. Like, anywhere I went, he was there. Like, I went over to a booth to shoot a bow. 
and he was there shooting, and, but he was talking to the guy about, like, I don't even know what, like, I just imagine it's about, like, spacecrafts and, like, third dimensions and stuff like that is what I think his conversations <laughs> were. <laughs> like, at least that's what I'm he, telling He myself. was offering to trade squirrel pelts for, uh, for porridge and cabbage and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. That guy was, that guy was a trip. And then I think my third favorite part was actually was, uh, Tyler and I went out to dinner and that was actually really nice. Like he and I, you had a, you had a dinner that you had to go to you at an event that you had to be at after the show, the one night. And then we were all meeting up afterwards and Tyler and I went to go have, grab a drink and grab some food. And he and I just had dinner and sat and talked for like two hours and just, and it was just like it, that was the first day I had met him, and this is just kind of like, I guess, really brings home kind of the feeling that I had from this event was here's a guy that I've never met before. I knew of him because he's on the Arrow Wild show, and mm-hmm. we show up and we work the booth together that first day, and we talk deer hunting, yeah. of course, and bow hunting and whatever, and then we decide to go out to dinner, you know, um, that that evening, you know, um, to wait to meet up with you a- afterwards. And we had like a two hour conversation, like it was a guy I've known for 30 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and that to me, was like the epitome of the show was that you had those types sure. of conversations with guys that you ran into. And so I really enjoyed having dinner with him and getting to know him better and, uh, you know, consider him a friend now. So those were my three kind of like three memorable moments yeah. from the show. How about you? Um, well, you know, Seeing, like I said, you know, it's the one time of year, you know, some guys live in Nevada, somebody lives in Australia, somebody lives in, you know, Texas or whatever. And it's, uh, it ends up being the one show a year that you get to talk to everybody. Um, you know, myself on the Arrow Wild side of things, been fortunate, very, very fortunate to work with a lot of partners over the years, um, that have, uh, contributed greatly, you know, to what I've been able to do. And, you know, you email, you see them on Facebook, and, you know, you might text or something here or there, but you don't get to see them all the time. So it's like that one time a year that you get to see them face-to-face and thank them for, you know, all their support and continued support, and and you continue those relationships. So that's always the highlight of the ATA for me um, is, uh, you know, getting, getting to see your community, getting to see your colleagues and peers and and mentors and, and whatnot. But, uh, that's what I, that's what I always look forward to the most. And then, you know, um, the new products, that's always super, super cool. Cause generally speaking, you know, you're getting to see it before anybody else, before it's even in a magazine, um, and whatnot. But, you know, everybody's talking about their seasons, what they got going on next year. You know, I may have landed a Canadian moose hunt, um, you know, that night at that Canadian party. Yes. Um, and I've already offered up my, before, uh, my camera skills for that free of charge. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, there's some of that kind of stuff that happens. Um, Badlands is always, is, is always, it ranks way up there in the top. But, uh, you know, speaking of, of, of Tyler, like that cat is like one of the nicest individuals you ever meet. And yeah. so when I, when I had to go to that dinner party, I had no like worries at all that like you guys wouldn't have a good time and, and chit chat and have good conversation and right. and stuff. So uh, that was super cool. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's kind of um, that's kind of how that works out. Um, I did get to have a conversation with uh, Adam Greentree from Australia, and um, that was uh, that was a pretty funny pretty funny conversation. We've yeah. never met uh, personally; just um, we've had our stories told 
you know, exchanged. Right. Um, so that was that was kind of funny. And um, I'm a sucker for anybody with a good accent, especially if it's foreign. Right. Like I could just sit and listen to people talk and <laughs> hearing him uh, explain one of his hunts, you know, with his Australian accent was it just makes it funny uh, right. to boot. But right. um, you're, like, you're like, I don't know what you just said, but I liked it. Yeah, I was like, it's funny though, you know. Like I thought it was super, it was it was entertaining. Whatever he said, right? Um, that dude's kind of yeah, batshit bat uh, crazy too, man. Like the hunts he does. Oh, dude, that guy's in, he's insane. Yeah. I mean, like literally, he's insane. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, we hiked in five miles today. He's like, yeah, I did that before nine a.m. Yeah, uh, and I self filmed it all. So. Yeah, he did that whole and he so, did that whole elk hunt this year where he did like. I don't remember where he started. It was like Colorado through like Montana and like into Idaho. Like, I don't even know where he started or where he ended up, but it was some ridiculous amount of mileage he put on and he hunted the entire like elk season, I want to say, or like, like September, October and like part of November or something like that. It was almost like three months. He just lived out of his pack and he would come into town like once every so often if he was hiking somewhere near where he could get into a town to get like maybe like a little bit of extra food to throw in his bag. Cause I mean, most of the time he was out of sure. food and he was having to live off of the land, you know, and I, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard this story on, uh, he was on Joe Rogan and he told the story and then, yeah. he, and then he yeah. got, he got bluff charged, like not once, but like several times by a grizzly <laughs> during his hunt. And I was like, dude, even like the thought of possibility of being bluff charged would probably end my hunt. Like the fact that it happened. Yeah. Well, it, and that's <laughs> just it. I mean, you know, you see so many of these hunts and let's face it, man, like, you know, you and I, we, you know, on a typical day outside of our Western hunts, that's probably the most manly thing that we we did this year. But right. like for the most part, I sleep on my Serta sleeper mattress, you know, and I get up and I get dressed in the in the comfort of my home and I go out and I climb up in a tree and I hunt whitetails. And then at the end of the day, like I leave, I get back in my motorized vehicle with that has a heater and I drive home. <laughs> I yep. crawl back in that sort of sleeper, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you go out and you run out of food and you're like, huh, I'm going to have to live off the land and fight off grizzly bears in between. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Dude, that's like the stuff you read about, you know, like yeah, Daniel well, Boone type stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, you got to be tough to live in the, in the outback of Australia, dude. Cause there's like, there's only like three things that live there that won't kill you. You know what I mean? It's like every spider will yeah. kill you. Every snake will kill you. Every insect will kill you. Like it's just, you know, it's like, I don't know how anything lives there any longer or how people even live nah, there some, any longer. Some tough codgers, man. Yeah. No doubt about that. For sure. But there a couple seconds ago, man, you mentioned the, you know, what the show is really all about, which is the new products being launched. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the new products first. Yeah. You know, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with the, the home team, right? So I know Wicked... Of course, I know Wicked has some some new stuff coming out because I was I was speaking to it while I was there. So, I know you're much yeah. more well educated on it than I am, though. So, let's talk a little bit about what the the, the new Wicked products that are that are hitting the floor. Yeah, so um, it's very exciting. Um, back in the summer, I started working on the final designs for a couple of new products. One in particular, I had prototyped back in. It started in February of 2014. Is when I actually made the first one, um, which is what is now we are calling the Wicked Beast. Um, so, you know, right now our handsaw is a folding handsaw with a seven-inch blade, and it's a straight blade. Um, and we've had a lot of requests for people, you know, have said, hey, I'd like to have a longer blade. 
um, for a handsaw. So, you know, we did the ultralight that has the removable head, um, but it's it's a makeshift handsaw. You know, it's really right. not what it's designed for comfort to be, but you can make it work that way. So back in uh, in June or July, um, I broke out the old watercolors and and started sketching up to scale uh, the wick, what I call the Wicked Beast, and um, designed the handle up with the rubber overmold to kind of look like the teeth of a, of a saw. Um, came up with the handle design, which is um, puts it more in line. It's a non-folding handsaw, but it's got an 11-inch curved blade. The other thing I wanted to do was I started playing around with some different tooth designs on the saw, and by kind of luck came across a blade design uh we were able to tweak it a little bit and um we said you know what if we're going to do this new blade let's try it let's put it on the wicked beast like let's make that the the first uh the first saw offering with the new tooth pattern and what it does is it's got larger openings so it clears out more wood per cut um instead of i say instead of saw dust it's saw chunks right um and because it's an aggressive blade, you got to have a little bit more meat on the handle. So we added a little weight to the grip of it. Um, it it's um, it's just kind of cutting assist is what that does, you know? Right. Uh, it's not heavy where you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even lift this saw. Like, I'm not saying that. We're talking ounces. We're not talking pounds. So right. just add a little bit of weight to it. But it's got a full aluminum handle uh, sticking with that. Um, you know, Wicked's been known for not having plastic, you know, parts. So we stuck with the aluminum handle, but like I said, it's a non-folding saw. This thing, it is, it's a beast. It's just awesome. So that was the, that was the big, the big unveil. And we also unveiled the pro blade, which yeah, will, thing, the pro blade, it, it'll cool, be man. an like, optional accessory. Yeah. What's the, that? I said the pro blade super cool, man. Like I love the, the beast and the, the, the pro blade just is rad because I have a, an issue with like some of the places on my dad's property, there's all kinds of like vines and green briar that's growing up the side of this tree that I want to put a uh-huh. stand in in the worst way. And this kind of is the, and I'll let you kind of explain it, but this is my solution. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So going back to my background, um, even before the, the law enforcement stuff, my degree is actually in horticulture. So, you know, I've cut a branch or two in my day. Um, yeah. And one of the things is, you know, let's face it, like if it's good enough for the arborist industry, for those guys to use it every day um, and make a living off of it, then as hunters, we can definitely use this stuff a couple times a week through the trimming season. Um, so we build we build everything to survive that industry, and then we know it'll hold up to to the hunting side as well. So uh, over engineered, you know, and I right. believe there's another company that uses that slogan, but um, that's kind of the way we've tried to do it. And the Pro Blade. Um, you know, we added what, so it's called hook bills on the front and the back end. So imagine they're just kind of like stops. Uh, so when you're cutting 20 foot overhead and you're cutting through a four inch branch and you get halfway through it and then the blade slips out of the cut. So now you're on the ground, you got this pole and you're trying to find exactly where that cut was in the branch and get your blade back in that groove. And cause if, you know, who wants to start from scratch and, and cut, cut from four inches, you know, when you only got two inches left to go. Right. So what this stops do is it allows it to stay, you know, to stay on the blade and it won't allow the blade to slip out of the cut. Um, so you're, you know, you're, you're more effective, uh, you're being more time efficient. Um, but also those blades are a little sharp, uh, stops. So if you've got little things that you need to nip off close to those tiny little itty bitty branches that are next to the tree, um, it'll work for kind of nipping those. 
And if anything else, it'll crease them and, and you know, get them out of your way. But uh, in the southern market, if anybody's trimming palm trees, those things are perfect for the dead palm fronds. Mm. Um, so it works really, really, really well for those as well. Not many people are tree stand hunting out of palm trees, but as far as landscape <laughs> maintenance goes, it's uh, it's clutch. Right. Yeah. I used to have, when I lived in Florida, I had palm trees and those things. I hated I hated trimming those. Those were those were the worst. Because once you trim them, they were sharp, too, and you cut the shit out of yourself with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're nasty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, I know that the Pro Blade was, is new, so that's one thing that I'm definitely looking forward to putting in my arsenal this year, mm-hmm. um, especially for the some of the stuff down at my dad's place. Because, like you're saying, I have some stuff that's grown up the side of the tree that I can use those uh, stops that are sharper to kind of help me make some headway and clearing out some room to get a stand up in one of the trees I really want to be in. Um, the other thing I want the, you know, what, the other thing that we had at the booth that was really kind of a hot topic was the, the new glacier coolers. We had some new glacier coolers yeah. rule out the one that I really dug, man. And all of them, the ones like the ice bucket, I think is what it's called, which is super rad waterproof or water, water sealed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. but the other one, I don't remember what, exactly what it was called and I'm going to call it by the wrong name. You have to correct me here, but I, ref, I like to refer to it as the body bag because it is large enough <laughs> yeah, that the, I think the ice bag. Yeah. Yep. I, it's large enough yep. that I feel like I could probably stick a whole body into it and not have to even really yeah. qu- quarter it. Um, so, uh-huh. I, so yeah, so it, it's talk about that a little bit, man. Cause those, so I'll say one more thing before that. So those those new products are super rad. The coolers are, are rad just in general. But if you look mm-hmm. at the the thing that really kind of is is kick ass is that when you look at like by quart, right? Whether it's a thirty quarter or whatever, right? The price point mm-hmm. for these coolers versus what you would pay for some competitor coolers of the same size and same quality, there's just no comparison. Yep. You know what I mean? Like whenever no. you start to stack them up, you know, next to each other, um, you know, yep. there would be no real reason why you wouldn't want to use this cooler versus the competitors, especially when you start to look at the price point and the quality that you're getting. But I'll let you kind of explain, you know, more about the the coolers because you know more about them than I do. Well, so what the idea was with the Glacier Cooler line, you know, we had the Icebox and the Icebox Junior, um, a 19-quart and a 35-quart. And they're they're soft side, they're flexible, um, but you unzip them and they have a huge, large mouth opening to be able to get your hands and things inside um, that's, that's one of the big things that everybody likes about them. Um, also, you know, the 35 quart, when it's empty, it weighs like two pounds right. instead of 40 pounds, right. um, on some of the other competitors, you know, premium coolers. Yeah. So you take a 40 pound cooler and you load it up with drinks and ice. Well, now you've got like an 80 pound cooler, like who's lifting that thing up overhead all the time. So yeah, that's one of those things like, um, you know, we, we've listened to customers complain about the heavy, heavy roto-molded coolers and stuff. So, um, you know, Glacier was is based on the, the soft side, you know, design. Um, so, but we knew that we needed to round out the, uh, the offerings. So we've got like the ice chip, um, which is a small cooler. It's got the built-in cup holders on the on the lid. It's still soft side, but that's going to be like you know, your picnic cooler, your lunch cooler, the one that sits in the console area of your side by side, or it sits in the tractor when you're out doing some work. You know, you you know, you want to take three or four drinks with you, and uh, five or six drinks with you, you know, with some ice, and uh, you don't need to lug around a big cooler. But then you go to the extreme side, and like you mentioned, the ice bag. I mean, the ice bag. There is no problem with taking a full 
you know, Canadian whitetail and mm-hmm. quartering that joker up and throwing it in the ice bag. 100%. And you can fit the whole thing inside there. Yeah, that um, was that was the one thing I was super stoked about. Just because, as you know, you know, everyone listening knows, it's like I do a fair amount of, you know, going away to hunt, whether it's even if it's going back to like my family farm to hunt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, I always have yeah. a trip to make. Um, and so the question always becomes like, well, if I kill, when I kill, not if I kill, I try not to say if because I try to be positive. When I kill, that's right. <laughs> how positive am I thinking? <laughs> exactly. How am I getting this Joker back? You know what I mean? Like, how, yep. how is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. So I'm usually taking like a couple kind of crappy coolers and like they're, of course, hard coolers and they, they have, you know, they take up space in the back of my truck and this, that, the other. And so, you know, especially whenever I'm doing those trips to like Ohio and stuff like that, like that ice bag cooler is key just because I can fit more crap in around it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't take up a ton of space, unnecessary space to be able to haul a whole deer out. Like I don't want to take up the entire back of my truck to carry a deer. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, spot on. So, You know, aside from that, man, like, you know, there, of course, was, you know, the other hot topic, um, you know, I guess one of my favorite things that I went to see was that Garmin Zero site um, that actually, you know, I posted something about it on social media and got a lot of got a, quite a rise out of people just, you know, as you would expect, it's a technology piece. So there was there's a lot of people who were like, cool with the technology. You know, it's it's, it's cool. It's interesting. It helps you kind of take uh you know maybe be more ethical because you can range right before you release an arrow so you know exactly and your your pin is you know exactly where it's supposed to be um and then there's of course like folks in in well within their right to not dig it because it's you know another technology piece that you're using you know to hunt with you know primitive equipment um you know so my thinking is is like different strokes for different folks if you like it use it if you don't don't um the price point is a little salty it comes in at right around a grand um, so that's, you know, I think is going to, going to probably keep a lot of bow hunters from, from using it. And, you know, in, in my opinion, until the technology gets cheaper. Um, but I think like the coolest use, did you get to go over and play with it at all or check it out? Yeah. Yeah. I got to see it just, just briefly, just, I wanted to get my hands on it. I wanted to see it in case anybody, you know, asked any questions about it. Um, but you know, and I was curious myself, I mean, and, and I'm right there. I mean, I think in the last couple of years, we've seen the the rebirth of um traditional archery um so i think there's already been a little bit of a division between traditional archery and and one of my local buddies he calls it i shoot a bicycle bow right um but (laughs) you know i think the compound bows are getting so accurate and and this is just another piece they're trying to they're trying to you know add some technology with a rangefinder and a sight together and and that's cool. I'm all about innovation and I'm all about technology improvements. Um, you know, I'm undecided on, you know, where I'm at on it right now. I, you know, as of right now, I'm sticking with my five pin and my rangefinder. Um, $1,000 is steep, man. It's really, really steep. I mean, um, good Lord. Like, I mean, we're talking mortgage payments, you know, so it's kind of, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but like I think you said it great. I mean, different strokes, different folks. I mean, I, I do think people are going to be very um, divided on that. They're going to like it or they're going to hate it. And I think part of the reason why they're going to hate it is one technology, two price. Right. Um, so, so I mean, you know, for me, you know, I'm a little bit of a technology nerd, so I, of course was super interested in it. You know, and just 
in full disclosure, it's like I'm not gonna I'm not going to use it. I don't really have a need for it. Um, I also can't justify spending a grand on a on a on a site, even though I think it's super cool. You know what I mean? I think I would probably be able to justify it more, say, if I lived in Montana and I was doing a lot of big game hunting. And this is why, because I I actually got to spend a little bit of time with the dude and talk to him and kind of understand how it operates a little bit. And so like the basic use of it, it would be just like a normal site, only you're ranging right before you fire and your range finding your site. Like you said, John is built into one thing and that's, that's one piece of it. Right. I think the other piece of it that I think would be more applicable for me if I lived out West and was hunting Western big game more often is that you can sync it. I think he said with the Phoenix watch and the benefit to that is, is like, so say, you know, hunting whitetail, it's like, I'm only shooting 30, maybe 40 yards the majority of the time. You get out west, it's like, you know, yes, you might get a close shot, but there's a really good chance you might be shooting 60, 80, maybe 100 yards, depending on what your comfort zone is with, with distance, right, and and stuff like that. So what's interesting about this is like, so say I'm taking that, say I'm, you know, Cam, uh, Cam Haynes, right, and I'm going to shoot 100 yards, and I'm, and I'm comfortable with that at an elk, right? I draw back, I take my last, I take my last uh, um, range, Right before I release my arrow, he's at 100 yards. I'm on him. I release the arrow, hits him, drops him. Boom! I'm watching him. He will, runs up the side of this, you know, up the side of this uh, drainage, past this one big, you know, tree. This marker I can kind of see, like to say, hey, it's this this tree here is where he's kind of where he went to go. Then you know, continue to, to track after I, you know, once I start that process. So, you know, you walk up to the shot site. Right. And if you're not sure because of that distance, because as you know, John, I mean, we talked about this in whitetail hunting. It's like when you when we talked with uh, Neil about tracking, it's like once you release that arrow and you get out of the tree stand, the ground looks completely different because you have a new perspective. Sure. So, so where you thought something mm-hmm. was really isn't where it's at. Right. Same thing yep. kind of happens when you're out west because you might be shooting up over this thing. And it's like, yeah, it's 100 yards, but it's like it's that as you go, the landscape changes a little bit because maybe your elevation changes a little bit or whatever the case might be it might be hard to find right where you made your shot. So what this thing does is it actually syncs with your watch that it will give you the GPS coordinates of your last ranged position. So you can walk up to the exact spot where you took that shot to that animal for the impact site to be able to try to get on blood a little bit more effectively. And then the kicker is, is once you're there, if you can now still see that tree that he ran by or that boulder or whatever it is, you can now range that from that position. And so now you know, okay, it's at that spot. That's the next place I need to go to because that's where I saw him run by. And you can start to have a sure. little bit more of an effective, um, at least the beginning of your your tracking process. And to me, that's where I really see the value in it. That's why for me, for whitetail, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I can usually figure out, you know, the tracking situation pretty quickly. Sure, um, sure, yeah. But when you're having to cover that much ground and your shot might cover that much ground, that's where I think, you know, spending $1,000 to to make sure that I can get on my animal effectively might be worth it. I'm not yeah. saying it a hundred percent is because yeah. there's plenty of guys out there that have been doing it a long time that have, haven't had to use it and didn't need it. You know what I mean? But if it makes your life a little easier and you do a lot of big game hunting, and that's right. the style of hunting you do. It might be, it might be worth it to you. Well, and that's, I, I think that goes back to something you and I have mentioned before. I mean, anything with a new innovative product, if it's going to increase my odds of recovering an animal or, increase my odds and uh, me being more consistent, whether it's a, a release or a broadhead or an arrow, whatever it may be. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Um, when something gets a little bit beyond my pocketbook, then it's it's going to have to be a hard sell, you yeah. know, for me to uh, really consider it. Um, the thing that I like is looking at the future is, um, you know, that technology is out there. I mean, yeah. I remember, you know, the first uh, flat screen television. I'm like, oh, man, I'll never be able to afford a $5,000 TV. Well, now you can get them on Black Friday at Walmart for 200 bucks. Right. So that's the cool thing is to see that there is innovation and and it means that it's only going to get better and it's going to get perfected and the price is going to come down and mm-hmm. and stuff like that so yeah. i'm a big proponent of just nonstop innovation i mean i think that's what you know the united states uh businesses were built on is uh you know constant innovation and making improvements and stuff like that so from that aspect yeah i'm all for it and you're right it does some really cool james bond type stuff but it totally as of right now it's probably not for me yeah no i agree with you so what was uh you know i know you know you were a busy dude the entire time we were there but i'm just curious and we didn't even actually talk about this while we were at the show but i'm just curious if there was anything that you saw that was like this the one standout product that you that you thought was just super rad that i know the 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 site we just talked about was one of them but was there anything else you kind of thought was super cool before we continue our conversation, let's talk about Wicked Tree Gear saws. If you're tired of cheap-ass flimsy hand saws, or better yet, a pole saw that doesn't work for a dam, try Wicked Tree Gear, the toughest saws on earth. Order now by visiting wickedtreegear.com and use the promo code TRUTH to save 20% on your purchase and also receive free ground shipping. And now back to the show. The Primos Blind. Yeah. Um, that was super cool, and... You know, anybody listening, if you're curious, just type in, you know, probably new Primos hunting blind. It'll probably pop up. But imagine uh, like a one-way mirror, you know, um, when you're inside the blind. Or I'm sorry, let me back up. If you're outside the blind looking at it, it just looks like camo fabric. You can't see what's on the inside. You get inside the blind, you can see crystal clear everything that is on the outside of you. It, it feels weird. Because it almost feels like you're in a fishbowl. Right. And I could imagine, like, if I was hunting out of one of those things, my my first initial thought would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm out in the wide open. Deer can see me. I can't move. But in reality, they can't see you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super cool because that's always been one of my biggest complaints of hunting out of blinds is that your vision is obstructed. You know, the beauty of a blind is it's dark and you can sit back in the shadows and things can't see you. But when I hunt out of blinds, I'm like... You know, I look like an idiot because usually my face is like pressed up against like a window opening so I can see as much as I possibly can, you know? Right. Uh, so that that was super, super cool. Um, I would imagine that within the year there will be other blind companies utilizing that technology in some degree, fashion, tiptoeing around the patents, um, yep. you know, as well. So, but that was super neat. That was, uh, that got a lot of buzz and a lot of people were talking about it. It seemed like the site. The Garmin site and the Primos Blind were probably the two biggest products that I heard people talking about at the show. That was kind of my big takeaway too. Was um, you know everyone had everyone had cool stuff. You know, and it seemed like there was a lot more of um, you know products that were just uh, what I'll say is evolved versus innovated, right? Where they it was a sure it was yep. a product that they kind of like upped the ante on it, but it wasn't like you know a whole new concept. You know what I mean? Like these two things yep. were were two things that were, it was like, here's a new, here's something that's conceptually new that nobody's doing. Um, you know, and rightly, Mm -hmm. you know, so they got a lot of fanfare. Um, you know, all the bow manufacturers of course were there. 
Um, I know you went to try to shoot the prime without, but they didn't have a left-handed one for you to shoot the new the new yeah. primes. Those are your boys. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Prime Logic got a lot of a lot of buzz. Um, I actually got a call just a couple hours ago. A buddy of mine called me and said, "He's like, uh, I have a confession to make." And he and he doesn't he doesn't shoot uh, a Prime bow right now, but I think he's going to be making the switch. But um, he's like, dude, that new Logic is 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 phenomenal. And 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 I mean, I have shot one. I haven't been able to shoot one uh, with my left hand. Um, right. To where I really can say yes, this thing is absolutely better. Uh, but I have shot other bows right-handed, and I, you know, I did shoot one right-handed, and yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just so smooth. I like the valley on it, um, the synergy technology, and everything. I was really impressed. Nice, yeah, and that was everything that I heard at that booth too. I went over to shoot. This is always a good sign when you go over to shoot it, and uh, there was a line. And I and I didn't get a chance to shoot it, so yeah, um, yeah, that, that was my uh, that was my experience there. I did shoot one bow while I was there. Um, it was a company that I'd always was you know it's it's a small company. It's Obsession Bows. I I don't uh, there's a, not a dealer close to me. It was you know one of the few bows that was in the running whenever I was looking at new bows a, a year ago. Um, never got to shoot one. Finally got a chance to shoot one, and you know. And this it kind of falls in line with, you know, everyone has their preference. It's like, you know, people, guys like Primes or they like Elites or they like Matthews or mm-hmm. they like whatever. You know, everyone has like a feel that they want or whatever. And, sure. you know, I will say, you know, the obsession, but being a guy that who's shot Matthews, you know, me, um, that the obsession bow was everything that I had read about as far as like draw cycle mm-hmm. and stuff like that, especially for anybody. The one thing that is a little bit different, I think, is that. You know, these guys make a lot of speed bow type bows. You know what I mean? At least that's what I was was shooting. Um, mm-hmm. They're, for, you know, mm-hmm. guys like me who have tra- uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex arms that aren't very big, um, that, sure. need, that need the extra the extra speed. But that was a nice shooting bow. Um, yeah, and, ni- and nice guys too. You know, some some Georgia, some yeah. Georgia guys, some Southern guys. Um, but yeah, other than that, those were the, that was the only one that I got to shoot, and it was a uh, it was a nice feeling bow. Um, other than that, man, I was just taking in the taking in the sights and sounds, man. It was uh it was a long drive back. It was a good couple of days, you know. I'm I'm hoping to go next year. It was a good it was a good time, um, you know. Probably uh probably could could have taken better care of my health while I was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, but, that's the thing. You you know, traveling with those shows. I mean, whatever whatever nutrition you're used to or whatever workouts you're used to, there's a pretty good chance it's going to get derailed. You know, uh, you're on your feet, uh, can, a lot of concession food and uh, a lot of long nights. And I can tell you, I, not a single day that I was there did I hit the gym and, yeah, uh, can't say that I had one healthy meal while I was there either. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, I ate a lot of, I ate a lot of pork is what I is what I ate yeah. a lot of. You know, it was like every meal. Um, yeah, yeah. But cool, man. That was kind of like our, uh, our our ATA experience this year. Is there anything else that we're missing? I feel like that was kind of all the uh, the the highlights from the from the trip. Uh, let's see. Oh well, I'll give. Um, you know, obviously it was awesome having you in the booth. Um, Wicked Tecamani and Glacier, you know, partnering with the Truth from the Stand podcast. Yeah. Uh, one, I wanted to hang out with you for a few days, but I also wanted to get you in the booth so you could really 
learn about all three of the brands and kind of uh, interact with some of the customers. So yeah, um, you kind of got to see that firsthand and, and get to your ATA show for the first time. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome hanging out with you, um, at which I knew it would be. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I, you know, I'll give a shameless plug. Uh, the Arrowwild uh, web show is on Carbon TV, and um, we've got episodes from 2017 that are on there. There's a couple of short films, and by the end of the month, uh, we'll be starting season two, which will all be exclusive episodes on Carbon TV. So. If you guys don't mind, get a chance to check out the Arrow Wild TV show on Carbon TV. Hell yeah, man! I've been checking those out on like I knew we were talking before we got on the uh, on the on the podcast here. I've been watching and rewatching some of them and watching some of the ones I haven't had a chance to watch yet on my train rides to uh, to Sweet. work, Sweet. which has been uh, which has been pretty nice. And I and I appreciate you guys taking me out to the to the show, man. It was nice, you know, just being in the booth and kind of interacting with the customers, and of course get to hang out with you because it, it's funny you know people probably listen to the podcast and it's like these guys go way back it's like you know john and i met yeah. you know just like a year ago at the uh a year ago yeah uh-huh. a year ago at the uh um harrisburg show at the great american outdoor show and it struck up a relationship and yeah. a friendship from there and then you know a few months later it made sense to start working together on a podcast and so we hadn't seen each other face to face and since that so this was like the first time that we really like broed out hung out you know had some coldies together and and uh and spend some time just kind of hanging out being buddies so it was nice to spend some time with you man i'm looking forward to getting out to iowa though one of these uh seasons and doing some shed hunting and then bothering you during whitetail season here hopefully in the next two years and uh yeah for sure dude it's uh no man it's uh it, it was it was a cool deal like i said from from you know the first time i talked to you i was like hey here's a here's a cool dude um he he hunts the he hunts that weird uh, Pennsylvania area, but right. nonetheless, he's a cool guy. Won't hold that against him. But uh, um, no, dude, like you know, that's the thing. Like you you guys in that area, like I've got mad respect because you guys have a lot of hunters per square mile. So um, yeah. I respect a lot of guys that are grinding Pennsylvania, Michigan, you know, states like that where there's a ton of hunters, and and I can only imagine how it is fighting for ground. I mean. You know, the other day I was thinking about it and I was like, oh man, I just picked up this lease and it's 160 acres and I only have to share it with one guy. And I'm like, gosh, I was like, I really wish I could get another 300 acre piece or something. And, you know, then I talked to guys like yourself and other guys out in PA and Michigan and they're like, I picked up a 40 acre piece. Like I'm ready to go celebrate like with yeah. Cristal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was talking, uh, I forget who I was talking to and he was joking kind of where he said, you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, there's a back 40 I hunt behind my house, you know, that my family owns. He's like, but I hunt it with like 16 of my cousins <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Which yeah. is, is like a hundred percent true. You know what I mean? That's so rough, man, they, a lot of hunting pressure. So yeah, yeah. I, give, I give a lot of respect for you guys, but no, yeah. I mean, I know that you, you know, you bust your ass and, and, and you're doing things right. So, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, um, to start breaking into some podcasts and doing some work with, um, it was obviously a no-brainer, right? You know, uh, maybe a little bit of insider trading, a little, little, little bit of Martha Stewart action going on, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice, but yeah, man, I'm super hey. stoked to be working with with Wicked and Glacier and Tecamani, and um, you know, of course, yeah. love having you on the show. Um, you're, you know, it's it's w- w- there's a there's a brother bond there now that 
Um, that's right. That can't can't be broken. But uh, be- before this thing gets all weird and we start crying like we did at the Badlands show, yeah, we should probably think yeah, about wrapping yeah, this up. So into a big love fest. Yeah, exactly. So before we get going here, two th- more things to mention. One is that if you are in the uh, Las Vegas area, uh, John will be yep. at Sh- Shot Show, right? Uh, Las Vegas, twenty third yep. through the twenty sixth of January. So be sure to if you're in the area to check him out there at the uh, Tecamani slash you know Wicked Tree Gear slash Glacier Coolers. Uh, booth. I will be at the Great American Outdoor Show on February 3rd and 4th uh, with the guys from Exodus manning the booth there. Um, and then, of course, you know you can visit. I believe, John, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Lancaster Archery, right? Is where Wicked's going to be this year. Um, yeah, I believe I believe it's Lancaster. Um, is going Lancaster will have some Wicked products. Okay. We're also looking at another one of our dealers uh, that's going to have some Wicked products there as well. Um, this year, Wicked will not be in the booth, and and uh, basically what it comes down to, Wicked's not in financial trouble. We'll go ahead and nip that rumor in the bud. Right. Um, as Wicked is continuing to grow and we're expanding our dealerships, uh, it just doesn't make sense for us to be there competing with our dealers. So right. we've always supported our dealers, and we want to continue to do that, and, and as we grow... Um, you know, it, it becomes even more of an emphasis that we want to support those guys and help them out. So um, Wicked is actually going to kind of take the year off of all the consumer shows. So we won't be selling direct, but they will be. So if uh, if you need anything, Wicked-related saws, replacement blades, pole saws, and that kind of stuff, uh, don't let that discourage you. Go to the, go to the Harrisburg show. Uh, it's fantastic. Take some vitamin C. Yeah. Uh, so and sanitizer. Catch the Harrisburg crud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll be at the booth there February 3rd with the guys from Exodus, February 3rd and 4th. And then you can check out one of the wicked dealers, uh, Lancaster Archer, most likely. Or you can even stop by, ask me. I'm sure I'll know where, where you can pick up something if that's what you're, what you're looking to do. So until next time, y'all, I think we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. It is time to shut this thing down. We would like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, and if it's not too much to ask, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, we'd be very appreciative if you would also leave us a five-star rating. That would be awesome. Of course, we need to give a big shout-out and thank you to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Tecamani Seed, and Glacier Coolers. And until next time, we'll see y'all.
right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.